Hey guys, it's Josh from Baseball Lifestyle here. On this episode, we had the opportunity to interview two-sport athlete and 15-year MLB veteran, Brian Jordan. Brian played two years in the NFL before moving over to the MLB for 15 years there. Um, he played for the Cardinals, Dodgers, Texas Rangers, and Atlanta Braves. Just an all-around great player and just an incredible conversation. So enjoy the podcast and thanks for listening. Baseball Lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to The Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Grounds Crew. We're here live in Denver uh, at the All-Star Game, and we are joined today by Brian Jordan. What's going on, Brian? Not too much, man. I'm having fun out here in Denver. My first All-Star week, so excited to see... Not only the home run derby, but the game, you know. Bad news, though, my man Acuna Jr. is not going to yes. be here after injury. So that hurts big time. That hurts the game it really overall. Does. It does. It uh, does. We, we were talking with so uh, Andre Dawson, and we were talking about the young guys in the game and how there's been so much excitement about, you know, Tatis and Soto mm. and Vlad Jr., and you have all this talent. And to lose Acuna, who, yeah, who brings so much to the table. is in that conversation for best young player, that hurts, you know? Yeah, I mean, Acuna, Tatis Jr., probably the most exciting players in the game today. Uh, just some of the antics that they do. And, uh, you know, if, if I'm a kid growing up, you know, I love those guys, man. And, you know, even a former player, I, I love what they bring to the game. And, uh, you know, Mike Trout's hurt. That was one of my favorite guys and uh, still is. But, uh, you know, it changes the game. It changes the all-star game in my eyes. And you have a, a special connection with the Braves, obviously. So mm-hmm. you, you, you see a lot of NL East, and, and you also get to, to get up close and personal watching you know, Acuna and Soto and th- that young, exciting player. So for you, how has this impacted like, the, the team? Like, what do you think is going to be with that? You know, I think the team, the fans, everybody in Atlanta right now bracing themselves because you, know, you lose the best player in your lineup. No pun to Freddie Freeman, who's mm-hmm. awesome. Yep, but as far as excitement, as far as, you know, leadoff guy mm-hmm. getting it started for He's the team. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a spark plug. Mm-hmm. And you and you lose that. Uh, if I'm Alex Anthopoulos, I got to figure out who can I bring in yeah. to just, you know, you can't replace those shoes, but, you know, impact the lineup. And they're going to have to make some moves. I, I know the the mood of the team right now is not good. Yeah. And, you know, we saw that after they lost yesterday in Miami that it does have its lingering effects. But hopefully things can be done and they can figure it out in the second half. But uh, you lose Acuna, that's a big part of your, your team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do, do you think, like looking at it from that situation, do you think that uh, they're, they're, they should be buyers now? Do you think they should go out and get something? No question about it. I mean, Atlanta Braves organization, you know, you look how bad they played in the first half yeah. and they're still just four games out or five games out behind mm-hmm. the Mets. I mean, you got an opportunity. And they still have a lot of talent on that team to get it done. I mean, even yeah. the small pieces that they brought in, Amante, uh, he's doing well. Yeah. Uh, Heredia, nobody thought he was going to be that yes. good. And yep. he's came in and impacted this club. So they still have some pieces in place to get it done. Ozzy Albee's having a fantastic year. He'll be out here in the All-Star game. Uh, so a lot of good things are still there. And the starting rotation has pitched really well despite the injuries. Yeah. So they have an opportunity. So you got to be a buyer if you're Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah, I don't think they're ever – they're never really out of it. They have just all those different quality pieces that obviously the loss to Acuna is huge, but there's still a lot of guys that can take that weight and kind of 
try and get them back in and keep the morale up. Obviously, Albies is a great energy in the clubhouse, I'm sure. So I, I'm, I'm not counting them out by any means at all. No, we'll don't count the brains yeah. out, man. They, they will find a way. And, uh, again, the East has been so beat up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still have a chance. You yeah. still have a chance. And you were talking about uh, – you know, you're the people that you like to watch, and you were talking about Trout and uh, Home Run Derby, obviously, and we have a very big affinity for Shohei Otani on this show. Yes. Um, are you excited to watch him at the Derby? I, mean, I, I am very cool. excited to see what he brings to the table. I mean, he's a very unique player, uh, a player like no other in Major League Baseball outside of the Bambino back in the day. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, this guy's throwing 100 miles an hour and, and hitting him out with ease. So, mm-hmm. He's an exciting player. To me, he's like the Michael Jordan right now uh, of Major League Baseball. Yeah. And uh, to be an international player, I think, brings so much to Major League Baseball. He's going to be fun to watch tonight. Uh, I'm quite sure he's probably the favorite. Uh, yeah, so, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And he, his, his swing looks like it's getting better and better to hit home runs. So he, he just started crushing shots. I think in the in the last two weeks, he's, he's hit, you know, double-digit home runs. Right. So if, if that if that power and everything else is showing up tonight, uh, that's going to be special. Um, he's got, a, a, the, I think, the most difficult matchup, though, in the first round. Oh, going, man. Going against Soto. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally, before the season started, Soto had a little ups and downs. Everybody in the division seems to. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the top five hitters in the game. He And, and I think he's too good to be going in the first round to get to the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Like, Otani's got to be looking at this like, Soto's probably the next best hitter in this whole competition. Right. And you got to beat him in the first round. But yeah. you got to understand, man, it's, it's a totally different competition. Yeah. You know, I don't care how many home runs you hit during the season. When you come into this home run derby, the pressure's on the pitcher. You know, whoever you yeah. bring to pitch, yeah. that's where the pressure is, to get those good pitches to drive out of the ballpark. Uh, but it's the first experience for Atani. It's the first experience for Soto. I mean, I don't know. Soto did it before. Yeah. Uh, so he's probably going to be more comfortable mm-hmm. than Atani. So that's what I'm a little nervous about. Yeah. But it's a shame you got both of those big hitters going at it. Yeah. Uh, you look at the list, though. I mean, it's a it's a good list. Not the list that I think everybody would Wanted. love to see mm-hmm. with yeah. Vlad Jr. and those guys yeah. coming yeah. back. I would have loved to see Tatis Jr. Yeah. and Acuna Jr. Mm-hmm. being this yep. home run derby. Or judge. I mean, yep, a yeah. lot of those guys who've won in the past have been a part of it. You know, as a fan, you're like, golly, can we get those guys mm-hmm. back in there? But, you know, the polar bear, Pete Alonso, I think yep, sir. he's the guy that you got to watch out for. I mean, he is just such a powerful guy, mm-hmm. and he loves these events. And, yeah. Uh, so he's, to me, he's my favorite tonight. Okay. Okay. He, yeah. He's got easy power, like, of all the people. I feel like he's just got that size to handle these big swings over and over and over again. Right. You know those big guys, it's just easier for them to get their weight behind it and kind of get after it. And again, having already won, there's no pressure. You're already, you've already got You're one under champion. your belt. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna come out, be easy, and 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 hope it plays. Do what I do, and that's yes. what he does. Hit bombs, and uh, so he's my favorite tonight. Uh, of course, Trey Mancini is one of those guys where great story. What a great story, man! Yes, it come come back from cancer. I'm from Baltimore, so, you know, to, to follow that and see him do so well and then be in the home run derby, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. Yes. I mean, that would be even a better story if he mm-hmm. shocks the world and comes in here and wins the home run derby. That would be amazing. You get a nice finals with him versus Otani. I think that's the, the best storyline we could ask for tonight, honestly. Yep. It would be interesting. So it's All-Star weekend, right? So everybody knows their, their, their pieces. You made an All-Star game. Do you think you should have made more? 
Uh, in my opinion, yes. In my opinion, yes. <laughs> uh, the year before you made the All-Star game, I was actually, to me, uh, you actually had like a 315 batting average. Yeah. You hit 25 home runs. Like, Yeah, it was guys, disappointing. Like, if we're looking at the home run derby right now, you probably were in the uh, round 12 at this point in time. Yeah, right? yeah. So, I mean, like, you, you would have been in the same kind of ballpark of, of hitter and batting 315, good stuff. What, why do you think, like, do, do you <laughs> – well, you know, it's a popularity contest. Yeah. You yeah. know, so when you when you throw it to the fan vote, most likely those. And back in my day, it was all about the fan yep. vote. So, you know, not being a popular player. Uh, yeah, I played the two sports, but in baseball, you know, you had the Barry Bonds, you had all those guys in my division that everybody knew about year after year being in the All Star game. So, it was unfortunate. Uh, I was a little disappointed, but uh, you know, I was disappointed in not winning the Gold Glove too. So. Mm-hmm. You know, as a part of it, I made zero errors for the whole year and uh, did not win a gold glove. And I remember the comment, Jack Buck, the great announcer, he said, if Brian Jordan doesn't get a gold glove this year, I'm going to eat my hat. <laughs> well, he I don't know if he ate his hat. Slice but, up that you know, hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll catch up with Some it. Steak but, sauce. yeah, so, so I understood. I mean, it's the politics of the game. And, yeah. and you know, you just got to keep moving and, and you can't worry about those things. And it, it's All-Star Weekend, and for us, the, the really awesome thing is – we, we got to find an opportunity to talk to a bunch of different players and everybody has different stories. And I think that when you look at the history of the game, everybody gets caught up. And like you said, first it's popularity. How well known were you? Then they look at stats and everybody organizes you. The challenge is if you weren't super well known, people forget some of your stats. Right. And you were an extremely productive player. You were a, a multi-sport athlete. Do you think that like the, 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 Bo Jacksons and the Deion Sanders, do you think that washed away some of your hype? Because you you were a, a really good player right. that I think is underrepresented historically. Yeah. I'm the Rodney Dangerfield of two-sport athletes. I get no respect, <laughs> No respect. Man. And, you know, a lot of that comes from those guys went to Florida State, Auburn, yep. you know, right. major Division One schools. They got all exposure in the world. So fans knew them in college coming up where I went yep. to University of Richmond. And... Division One AA, so I had to earn my way up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I played in a senior bowl. I was projected to be a third-round draft pick out of Richmond, and so I got invited to the senior bowl, which I had to go to to prove myself. And that week of practice with Dan Reeves and the Denver Broncos staff, I was projected to be the first or second safety taken in the first round. So now I proved myself, yeah. and then in the first quarter game, I break my leg and dislocate my ankle. Oh my God. And you know, a lot of those NFL doctors, when I went to the combine, I said I would never recover from that injury. I needed screws and plates put in. And, you know, I wanted to prove them wrong, no doubt yeah. about it. And mm-hmm. Buffalo still drafted me in the seventh round. And I was running full speed ahead in three months after surgery. And I ended up leading the Buffalo in uh, defensive backs and tackles in training camp. And I thought I made the team. Marv Levy calls me in the office and said, you're the 46-man on a 45-man roster. Broke my heart. But I didn't even believe the parking lot. Atlanta Falcons called, and uh, you know, from there I, they put me on the injured reserve list for the first six weeks. I didn't, I didn't get uh, activated until my the twelfth game of the season, and I started every game since. So, you know, the chance to play with Deion Sanders, yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun, man. He's one of my favorite players, favorite teammates, and uh, you know, we had a lot of stories to talk about for sure. baseball and football. So yeah. it was fun. How was how was it kind of transitioning from one sport to the other? It was easy for me because yeah. 
you know, all through high school, I played three sports, and basketball being my favorite sport, and you know, so it was just about, like Dion. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was about uh, prioritizing your time. Yeah, and knowing, okay, it's time to start pumping on because football's coming. It's time to be flexible for <laughs> baseball. You know, not lift as much weight. Yeah. So I had that regiment working. Uh, that was my dream to be different and play two professional sports. So That's awesome. I just stuck to the plan, and uh, I was fortunate enough to bounce back from that serious injury and get that opportunity. Do you think that a player today could do it? Right? Because, again, we're, we're in the Yotani world now where nobody ever thought that they'd see somebody who was Babe Ruth, and now there's somebody who looks like they're better than Babe because Babe wasn't doing what he's doing both sides right. at the same time. Right? He did both of them at high levels but separately. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's players who could do it? I think there's players who can do it. I mean, athletic players can get it done. Kyler. It's about opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where – the opportunities are not there anymore. Yeah. Where I could play three sports, and they wanted you to the best athletes to play those sports. But today, it's so specialized. Yeah. And you got these parents, you know, deciding to make their kid play baseball year round. And mm-hmm. I'm saying, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you become a better athlete playing multi sports. You use different muscles. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, but that's the way the coaches want it now, and they're leading these parents and kids down the wrong lane to me yeah and uh, so with that said I don't think it's gonna happen again uh, but I never say never mm-hmm. and maybe that kid that comes along and get that opportunity uh, I thought the quarter- quarterback for Arizona Kyler yeah Kyler Mary was gonna be that guy the mm-hmm. fact but playing quarterback in the NFL there's no way you can do it and I think no that that's been the challenge is most of the multi-sport guys have been quarterbacks so I feel like that's been one of the ways yeah. that it's made it difficult for a guy to be able to do both because quarterback is so, like, brain or You have to know yeah. so much about Murray, the offense. Winston, like, they all played high-level college baseball. Yeah, yeah. Russell like, Wilson was – Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yes. He I called and, a couple of his games in, in college when he was at NC State playing baseball. And he yeah. played some minor league games, right? He was yep. in spring yeah, training. He He'd do everything else, and he kind of kept it going. Kyler, though, was better than Russ, mm-hmm. and, and he, he – to be determined if he's a better quarterback, I don't think he'll be what Russell is, but he's already very, very good. Yeah. Right. But baseball-wise, he was better than Russell was. So it's interesting that, you know, should, could he play both? Is there an opportunity for that? You look at LeBron James. LeBron was two-time All-State football player. Football player, yeah. And, you know, he has to only play this. And I, I get it, but I feel like there is so there, there'd be so much opportunity for that player and the stories and the things that would come from it that I wish teams would allow it, right? you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like everything else. Everything's in cycles. Uh, yeah. And I think high school is going to figure it out soon that we need our best athletes playing these sports yeah. and allow them to play, let them go. And I think we're going to start seeing more of that. Uh, but, again, once you get to the level of draft day and all, that's where things get difficult. Yeah. Your senior year. You know, where do you really want to? What do you really want to mm-hmm. do? And I, uh, that's that's the big question that these kids are going to have to ask themselves. Parents are going to have to ask themselves. Mm-hmm. But for me, when you're enjoying growing up through little leagues all the way to high school, you know, keep your options open. You know, I had scholarship offers in basketball, football, baseball. You know, I had options, mm-hmm. and that's something that the kids cut themselves off early, yeah. so they never have options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Looking at the game today, what are some things that you love about the current game 
What are some things that, that you, you <laughs> wish weren't with the way they were? Wow, the analytics, uh, okay. it's good in a sense, mm -hmm. from technology, from teaching kids math, and I think it's great. But the whole launch angle and spin rate thing kind of got out of hand. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when you bring technology in the game, yeah, it's great, but you open it up to cheating mm -hmm. uh, with all these cameras that's everywhere now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we've seen that happen with a couple of teams. I'm not yeah. even going to name them, Boston yeah. and, 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 Houston, and Houston <laughs> Astros. But, uh, you know, it changed the dynamic uh, yeah. of fairness in the game. And then, now you're looking at the spin rate. You know, so guys went out and found sticky stuff. Sticky yeah. stuff to Because I need my spin rate to match these other guys who are better than me. Exactly. And uh, But it's, it's changed the game in a sense of you don't play ABC baseball anymore. Yep. You know, get the guy over, get him in. Uh, and it's frustrating to be an analyst on the pre- and post-game shows. And, uh, I don't get on a post-game show four hours later. I mean, the games get longer. Yeah. Uh, I understand these kids throw 95 to 100 miles an hour now, but they don't have the command to get outs. Yeah. Yep. And you know, every count is 3-2. Uh, you know, Greg Maddox is one of my favorite pitchers of all time because we knew it was going to be a two-hour game when he's mm -hmm. on the mound. Yeah. Because he hits his spots. He, he does what he do. And, uh, yeah. you know, he – he he made it fun, man. My best story ever is with Greg Maddox. This guy is so good. Before the game, I always ask him, where do you want me to play certain players? And we had an interleague game, and Joe Creedy was playing, I think, with the White Sox then. And before the game, I said, where do you want me to play, guys? You know, he's in there getting treatment. I'm like, dude, you're going to pitch? And he's looking at me like, BJ, I'll be, I'll be ready. And he said, today, you're going to throw your first guy out at first base from right field. And I'm looking at him like, man, what kind of drugs are you taking, man? Yeah. No way. And uh, sure enough, he said, the count's going to be one and two with Creedy. I want you to move way in because he's going to hit a bullet between first and second and throw him out. I'm like, yeah, okay, all right, whatever, dude. So he, he comes up, Creedy. I look at the big board. It's one and two count. And he steps out the mound and looks at me. And I move in. He hits a bullet between first and second. I come up and throw him out at first base. And he was on the mound and he just tipped his cap to me and I was like, this dude is the best ever. Yeah. But there's no more guys like that anymore that can, you know, pinpoint where he wants to throw it and it's a quick game. It's a quick game. It allows outfielders to make great plays, infielders to make great plays, mm -hmm. but we don't see that anymore. That's it, that's the part of the, the analytics and all that I don't like. There's one guy who I think is is a th the throwback guy and it's DeGrom. DeGrom will come out, yeah. he throws it hard, but he also knows where he wants to he put wants, it. Yeah. He, he wants to put it an inch this way, he'll put it an inch this way. And it's not many guys like that yeah. anymore. No, I mean, you look at 101. Yeah, it's... DeGrom, you look at Cole for the Yankees, who, man. He might have used gym. some extra stuff, though. Well, well, yeah, but he showed everybody against Houston that yes, one nothing he game. Was, that he, I don't care about Sticky Ticky, I'm going to get you out. And, and he, yeah. was like, he was like, you're not taking me out because I have so much I have to prove right. after everybody. Listen. It is what it is. I got to prove my greatness right now, and I love that because I think that he he's accepted that he met like this is a thing I messed up, and I am not going to be as dominant at times. Uh -huh. But that doesn't mean I'm not dominant. And Josh Donaldson talked junk to him, and he struck him out a whole bunch of times. Mm -hmm. And I loved like we watched the game together, and I'm like, is he going to hit him? And Donaldson was wearing pads around his ribs and everything else. Just came out and dusted him. Oh my God! That is the mentality. That's right. that's yeah. Like that's baseball. Yep. That's the, what I want. But that's as far and few. Few and far between. In Major yeah. League Baseball, you got the Scherzers, the Grom, and Coles, but then you got everybody else. Yep. You know, uh, 
my man uh, in the L.A., the lefty, God, is Kershaw. Kershaw. Yeah. I mean, another guy that's mm-hmm. going to get Absolutely. it done. But, hey, what happened with him with, with the cheaters? You know, they knew yeah. not to swing your pitches. Yeah. And it really hurt him. Because I'm going to be honest, watching Kershaw in the playoffs, I was like, something's not right because right. yeah. this yeah. guy that's is disgusting. too dominant. Yeah. You know, there's no way you're taking those pitches and, mm-hmm. and hitting the fastball every time. Yeah. So it was frustrating. I felt bad for him because he's such a dominant pitcher. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks about him about the playoffs. He doesn't win in the playoffs. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? Something's wrong. Yeah. Yes, and now we know what was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy that that's been cleared up and Kershaw's back on the top of the list. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just wish other pitchers would follow their lead. And I'm not saying that you got to throw 100 miles an hour, but – they throw strikes. They yep. hit their spots. And uh, it's hard to do now in so, major leagues. Speaking of Greg Maddox, he did a, a funny thing. Um, they were doing like a shoot with Chris Bryant. Yeah, that was funny. And they, they get him mustached yeah, up and everything fun. else. Uh-huh. And he walks out there and they go, okay, just hit off this guy. And he, he's now, you know, 50-something, <laughs> right? Comes out, Chris Bryant, all-star, smashing him. Can't touch the ball. Right. Can't touch it. Yeah. And he's like, what? There was only 80, was 87 funny, miles an hour, and he's like, awesome. "I can't. Why can't I figure to change up this out in front?" And he's like, "What is going?" It's, it's Greg Maddox. Yeah, that and was it's like, awesome. I wish, I wish, like, yeah, like guys looked at that. Don't just go for the physical trait, right? Guys yeah. work on the actual craft of the game, right? You right. know, because there's so many things that can go there. Well, even as a scout now, man, you're scouting size, yep. and velocity, and that's it. And it's a shame you're missing out on. Some really talented players that that can pinpoint their Mm -hmm. spots. But that's the way the game is right now. I think it'll phase out and get back to the way it used to be. The whole shift thing is is crazy to me Mm -hmm. uh, because back in the day, if you shifted everybody over there, I'm going to pull my hands in and take the base hit, steal some bases, and make it happen. But they're hitting in the shift. It's crazy because that's what the analytics are saying. Still swing hard, swing for the fences. And we'll take it. Even if yeah. they shift over, if you throw, hit it high enough, nobody can catch it nobody anyway. Nobody can catch no. it. It's so unbelievable. We, we were talking earlier today, I think, and it, it's that same thing. Do you think they should get rid of the shift? Do you think they should put a cap on it? No. Do you think the analytics know too much where guys are going to hit it? No. I think the players got to make gotta adjustments. Do yeah. Because if you're going to shift me, shift me, shift me, and I keep hitting the ball the other way, you're not going to shift me anymore. And then I can do whatever I right. want. Right. We were so talking that's about Lindor. Lindor. He, they set up a shift on him, and then at some point, you know, he wasn't hitting well, lays a bunt down. No more shift. Yeah. It's like you're a threat now. Right. Since then, he was attention. batting buck 83 at that moment. He laid the bunt down. Now he's batting 230. So in that stretch, he's batting almost 300. He's got right. power back. It's like, and everything changed because guys all had to take one more step towards third base than they were even when they shift you. Yeah. Because they got to protect things, and what happens? Now every ball finds more holes. And the art of the game is, you know, your, your best hitters can drive the ball the other way. Yep. yep. But with the analytics, everybody's trying to pull. Yep. Everybody's trying to pull, and that's why the shift has started. Yeah. So guys just got to get back to playing the game the right way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if there's a hole over there, hey, keep the line moving get it to the next guy you know and that's the funny thing about analytics right is that as everyone starts to build their teams and they all look the same it's the team that goes the opposite direction first that's going to get the other advantage because you're going to you're going to get third baseman second baseman guys who can hit who are bigger slower less defensive oriented now all of a sudden i'm gonna lay bunts down your guys can't field it you can't move around guys can't do stuff we're scoring runs, we're stealing bases, we're doing all this stuff because it's been deprioritized. 
if you're the first one to shift, now you're going to get guys who are the guys who throw slower, uh-huh. with pitch to contact, like a guy like Stroman. Stroman pitches to contact. Mets defense with Lindor, their defense has been better. Mm-hmm. They've been one of the better defensive infields. Stroman's had a great season. Right. Yeah, and yeah. if you build your team differently than everybody else, you could still win. And it was the, the 25, uh, 2015 Kansas City Royals. They were all, hey, singles, steal bases, do everything. You win. Playing, you win. San win Francisco Giants. Yep, Ochi right now. Play that way. Yep. I mean, he didn't have those sluggers in that lineup, man. But you get guys over. Gregor Blanco was your leadoff guy getting on button and making yep. things happen. Uh, that's how you win the big games, yeah. man. And the, and the game has changed to where everybody's sitting and waiting for the big home run. Yep. It's you know, it that's lost. it. Yeah. yeah, and you got to be perfect with the launch angle yes. that they're teaching. You know, where we used to have the bat go through the zone longer, right. you got a better chance. Yeah, but now you got to be near perfect, and it's hard to catch up with a hundred mile an hour fastball. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's a lot the more zone. strikeouts. Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody yeah. figured out start throwing up in the zone more, and these guys aren't just going to touch it. And they, yeah, and they're not adjusting either. So right. it's like, what are we doing here? Right, right. So. so, what's something next five years you hope changes about the game? I think guys will start cutting down on their swings a little more and, and thinking about average. You know, how can I help my team? Obviously, yeah, I hit 30 home runs, but I hit 200 and only scored 50 runs. Yeah. That's not help, it's helping not my team either. win. So, and I think organizations are going to get back to it. Yeah. They're, they're starting to get frustrated, mm-hmm. you know, seeing the same thing every night, leaving guys in scoring position because you're swinging for the fence. So, I think that will change. Guys will start making adjustments. Teams will start making adjustments. Uh, I hope they don't continue to carry their cards out to the outfield. Every batter, they're looking mm-hmm. at cards. I'm like, come on, man. Got to know where to stand. Yeah. You learn that on the first day when you come in the ballpark. You look at every chart of every player, know his tendencies, mm-hmm. and play the game. Yeah. But now you got cards. Do you think Pitchers that they should ban cards it? out of their mm-hmm. hat. Yeah. I'm like. Do you think they should get rid of that? Yes. Because I, I think that that. It makes it that it's harder and harder to have offense because guys are looking and go, if I stand exactly here, I'm going to 63% of the time the ball is coming to me. So I'm right. already in an advantage. And that's not a player remembering. Like the guy at the in the batter's box, he's got to remember what that pitcher likes to do. Right. He's reading the situation. Where's yeah, everybody yeah. lining up? Right. Is the ball coming inside? Is it pitching me away? What's the situation? He's got to remember that in his head. And that's, Everybody else yeah. is like, oh, I get to look at it. That's, that's we cheating. Were, we were speaking with uh, Steve Garvey yesterday. Yes. And he uh-huh. was talking about when he was up and he'd see guys shift, you know, like mid at bat, like, oh, shortstop's moving over. Oh, he's, the pitch is coming here because he has that. Yeah, he that knows. He, he knows what's going pitch. on. And I think that what he was saying, too, is that it's it's getting lost and that's not – people have one approach. I'm trying to hit this ball out of, out of the yard. Right. And not thinking about those extra steps right. that's going to make them be more productive overall versus just hitting home runs. And he's exactly right. It's taking the thinking out of the game. Yeah. You know, what made players great is they outthink the pitcher. You yep. know, they had a clue. Like you said, when guys start shifting over, okay – He's going to start throwing me away, away, away. So let me cheat up on the plate and pull it right in that hole. So we were able to think and make adjustments on the fly. Mm -hmm. And these guys seem like they cannot make adjustments during the game. It's It's robotic. You're just, hey, here are the numbers. Do this. Okay, got it. Done. We're losing so many former players, coaches in the minor leagues because Mm -hmm. of it. A lot of Harvard grads are coaching first base now. What is going on? Hey. It, like I said, it's phases. Uh, I like some of the technology and the analytics, mm-hmm. but not all of it. Yeah. Well, 
that was amazing. I yes. loved getting your insight. It was great. I think we touched on a lot of different topics mm-hmm. with that. What's something that you would tell to, to young players today? If you, our, our, our audience has a lot of young guys who listen in. What's something you would tell them if they're going to focus on, hey, I'm, I'm 14, 15, and I'm a really good player, but the game's going to be X in a, in a few years. How do I best position myself to prepare for those? What would you tell them they should be doing? I would get them back into the mode of not launch angle, okay. but keeping that bat through the zone, hitting line drives, you know, because the home runs will come. Yeah. But line drives and the gap and, and, and going the other way. I'm a guy that preaches going the other way because yeah. that's the hardest part of the game. Mm-hmm. So if I get a kid to learn how to go the other way with power, the game is going to slow down for them and it's going to get easier. Yeah. And so that would be my, my suggestion to the kids, you know, and be an athlete. Be an athlete, yeah. you know, go to these training facilities, work on your feet, quick feet, you know, that's a lost art right now. Mm-hmm. You know, guys just want to hit launch home runs and not worry about the speed and, and you have to have a total package if mm-hmm. you want to last in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. That's amazing. Super well appreciated. Thank you so much for coming on the show with yeah. us. A lot of fun, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks great. for having me. Of course. And uh, guys, leave us a comment below. Let us know what you thought about some of the things we were talking about today. What did you get out of this? And uh, we appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Baseball lifestyle. That's my lifestyle.